have your Bibles, open up to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 1. If you got to sit chapter 6, just think back up a little bit. It's good to be here in the house of the Lord, and we're, uh, we're happy that everyone has been, is here today, and um, I, I know that uh, people here today have grown up and been brought up in different environments, and, and I hope today by this message that we will understand who we are in Christ. You know, one of Paul's favorite phrases that he, as he wrote 14 books of the New Testament was a simple phrase, in Christ. Uh, we, we kind of pass by it when we're reading, but 78 times this phrase is used in the New Testament, in Christ. And of those 78 times, Paul uses it 75 times. Uh, it was his favorite phrase that he used repeatedly in different cases, different situations. It was one of his favorite phrases of the Bible. And I hope it will become your favorite phrases as well. As we look at Ephesians chapter uh, number 1, we're going to be reading verses 1 through verse 6 this morning. And I ask you if, you, if you are physically able to stand for the reading of the Word of God, that you would stand uh, in honor of His Word. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be unto you, to you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ, who himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us acceptable in the beloved. I'm going to read that sixth verse one more time. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, for those you brought together to worship you, dear Lord. I just pray, dear Lord, as we, we hear the message from you today, that we will uh, understand and realize our role in your uh, economy, dear Lord, our position uh, in Christ. And I pray, dear Lord, that we will live a life that is evident that we are, in fact... <coughs> In Christ, and I just pray, dear Lord, that we—if there's anyone here that needs to be saved, that they'll receive Christ as their Savior. Others, dear Lord, that just need to make things right with you, that they would make those things uh, appropriate in their lives. I just pray, just bless the services today. 
Forgive us, Lord, for all of our sins. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Charles Charles Swindoll tells a story of his family. While traveling one time across country, he was driving quite a bit, and his his children became bored and became uh, began to complain about the long trip. How how many understand that situation? I uh, have a bunch of kids and traveling across Europe. I think it was our case that our kids were were taken to see some wonderful things. Anyway, they got bored and they just didn't want to be traveling. Well, Charleston Swindoll, he suggested that they play a game. It's called What If? And, and he says, what if you could be anybody in the world, who would it be? And so one of his girls spoke up and she said, uh, if I could be anybody in the world, I would be the bionic woman. Some of you younger folks don't know who that was, but to, to folks of my age group, uh, they understand who that was, a bionic woman. And so all the other children began to follow suit and say, uh, I'd like to be like this famous person or this famous person. And, and, and he noticed that his youngest son was not participating. And so he asked his son, why, why haven't you said anything? And, and he answers, says, well, I, I want to play. Uh, he says, well, why don't you mention anybody? And he says, well, he says, if I could be anybody in the world, I'd be me. And, and, he, and his dad says, well, why would you be you? And he, and he said, I, well, I, I like me better than anybody I know. Uh, that's pretty honest, isn't it? Isn't it pretty honest? You know, I, he, I like his attitude. You know, if I could be anybody in the world knowing that I have been fearfully and wonderfully made by God, I have been forgiven of my sin and am placed in Christ, I'd be me. Uh, we have a wonderful standing in, in Christ. It's a wonderful position to be in Christ. God did not make a mistake. Understand that. Uh, when he made you, it was not a mistake. Uh, he made you fearfully and wonderfully made you. Some people have low, low self-esteem because uh, they were told when they were young, uh, you won't amount to much, uh, you, you're, you're no good, you can't, you won't. You, they heard these influences as a young person and, and all their life this is told to them and as a result... They have a low self-esteem. Uh, maybe you're one of those people. And, uh, you know, I, I, as I was developing this message, it was hitting me right between the eyes. Uh, you may be one of those. And some people have a poor self-esteem because they've been told you can't. Uh, you're dumb. You're, you're ugly. You're, you're clumsy. Uh, children have a way of living up to what they hear at home. Uh, they have a way of living up to what, what they hear. Um, if you're here today and you have these types of put-downs, I, I hope today that you will have a better opinion of yourself than you had when you got here today. Um, that, that may be the way you used to think of yourself, but from this day forward, you will never think of yourself that way again. I hope that you'll see in this message who you are. Sometimes people have low self-esteem because they compare themselves to other people. 
Uh, I, I, that person is smart. They're they're better looking. They're more confident. They're uh, they have a great body. You know, they, we look at other people and we we compare ourselves and and and, and this this we feel inferior. Uh, we feel like that we don't measure up and we say to ourselves, I can never be as smart as that person is. I, I can never be as good looking as she is and, and, and I, I, I will never have the confidence that she does and uh, I can never have the personality that they do. We, we think these things of ourselves and so we fail when we can't measure up, measure up to others and we have a low self-esteem. Paul writes in Ephesians about our position in Christ. Uh, at the moment when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, the, the moment you got saved, everything about you changed. Everything about you changed. God put you into Christ. To be in Christ is to be saved. To be in Christ means to be justified. It, it, it means to, to be forgiven of all of your sins. If you are in Christ, you are not in your sins. Uh, it, it, but if you are, uh, where, you, but what, where are you in your spiritual location? I'm, what I mean by this is what is your spiritual position in Christ or in sin? Uh, if you're in Christ, the Bible says you are a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. All of your sins are forgiven and you now have life and you have hope. You, you are a new person. You, uh, you have heaven one day. You can claim that. That's your destiny. You're going to be there. You're different. Paul said... In verse 6, he had made us accepted. He has made us accepted. Before we were unacceptable, now we are accepted in God's sight. There's an old movie that we watched years ago uh, called The Terminal. Uh, uh, what's his name? Tom Hanks. Some of you remember the movie. Our family had it memorized. We didn't get a whole lot of American movies over there. And when we got one, we saw, watched it over and over and over again. And so, But Tom Hanks, he played the role of an immigrant that was coming to visit to the United States. And in the process of getting here, he, he, his, company, his country fell apart and didn't exist. And there was no one from the United States to accept a visa from. And he was in limbo for months and, uh, at the airport. And he'd go and fill out the paperwork to, to try to get in, into the United States. And she would stamp it denied, unacceptable. That was his phrase, unacceptable, unacceptable. Listen, when you are in Christ, you are acceptable. You are accepted in Christ. What a position. There's three things I want us to see about uh, being in Christ. I want us, first of all, to see that you need to recognize who you are in Christ. To recognize who you are in Christ. I, I want you to be exalted um, without you becoming proud. 
Listen, if you become proud and arrogant, that is not of God. Okay, uh, we are something special in God, but, but pride and arrogance does not come from God. If you're arrogant and proud, you've done that on your own because it is not of God. Well, who are you in Christ? Well, what does the Bible say? Well, in verse number one, it, as Paul talks, uh, starts his letter, he says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Listen. To the saints, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. To be in Christ is to be a saint. Now, um, do you know who you are in Christ? The Christian life is not about getting more of Jesus. It's about realizing what you already have in Christ. When you get saved, you don't get part of Jesus. And later on, you get baptized, you get a little more of Him. And as you live your life, you get a little bit more of Him. Uh, when you get saved, you don't, you, you, you don't get those in stages. You have all of Christ. When you get Jesus, you get all of Jesus. From day one, it says when you are in Christ, you're a saint. You say, well... I don't feel like a saint. I, I don't feel like a saint. Uh, not after last week, I don't. I mean, I, I blew it on Monday. Barely survived the day on Tuesday. On, on Wednesday, I was a basket case. On Thursday, I had a meltdown. On Friday, I'm telling you, preacher, I, I no, I better not tell you. Is that the kind of week you had? And you say, uh, I, I want you to know that if you're a child of God every day last week, you were a saint. Regardless of how your week went, if you're a child of God, you're a saint. You're not a saint because you feel like a saint. And you're, and you're not a saint when you die and someone pronounces you a saint. That was a big thing in Romania. They had, um, a, in the Orthodox religion, they had a lot of saints built into their religion. They were people who had lived in the past, and they had done something special in the Orthodox Church, and they reached the level of sainthood, and, and it was such a big deal that people would name their children after these saints. And one day a year, when that saint was recognized, it was like having a birthday for the person who was named after that saint. They, they, had, they had two birthdays a year if they were named after a saint. And there's a lot of people over there named Maria, <laughs> uh, Stefan, uh, which is Stephen. I, I said the Romanian way. Uh, uh, there are other saints down through history, and when their special day uh, came along, when their when their uh, saint day uh, came along, they had a special day. Listen, uh, you don't become a saint because of of something you have done in your life. You become a saint when you become a child of God. Uh, that's what the Bible says. That's what you're referring to those people in Ephesus. Uh, and you say, well, I'm saved, but I'm not a saint. 
I'm a Christian, but I'm not a saint. What you mean is I'm a Christian, but my life is living like the devil. That's, that's really what you mean. Well, we don't want to say it that way, so we just say I'm a Christian, but not a saint. God says you're a saint. God has set you apart. You are holy. Being a saint has nothing to do with how you measure up in comparison to other people. We say things like, uh, do you know sister so-and-so? Oh, yes, she's such a saint. We, 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 we say things like that. Uh, another important point, you don't become a saint because of your actions. Uh, it's not about what you do. Uh, to those who come across as uh, legalists, it doesn't matter what you do, you will never impress God with your actions. You don't become a saint by trying to impress God. Trying to win God over by your legalism. Uh, the Bible has a word to describe legalist. It refers to it most of the time as Pharisees. We listen, uh, the only way to become a saint is by the grace of God. Amen. That, that's the only way to become a, a, a saint. The only grace, but only by grace, to move from sin, from in sin, to in Christ. You, you can't convince God to love you. you, you he, he loves you because He is God. You, no, he doesn't love you because of what you've done. He, he loves you in spite of what you've done. Amen. And, and he, His love for you is because of Him and not because of you. Well, the this first thing I want you to see is who you are in Christ and you're a saint. The second thing I want us to see is what you have in Christ. As look at verse number 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us, listen, with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. Talk about the sufficiency of Christ. All spiritual blessings. Christ is sufficient for all that we need. I want you to notice the tense of the statement. It says, who hath, which means has already blessed us with all spiritual blessings. He blessed us when we became in Christ and continues to bless us now and will continue in the future. You have this guarantee because He is God. You may be saying, I don't understand what that means. Do you need patience? James says that trying your faith work is patience. But let patience have her perfect work. That you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Somewhere back in history, you heard some preacher say, don't pray for patience. I think it's the worst advice you could ever give someone. To not pray for patience. James says, 
In order to be perfect or complete in your Christian life, you need patience. And the trying of your faith worketh patience. But it says, but let patience have her perfect work. That you may be perfect and entire. Not, we're not talking about sinless protection, uh, perfection. We're talking about being more complete. To be complete in our Christian life. How do you expect to be perfect and complete in your spiritual life without patience? I know there's some here that seem to, uh, some of you people in your life that may seem to push your buttons. You know what I'm talking about. They say one thing that causes you to lose it. And it seems like they keep going out and pushing it over and over again. They do that annoying behavior and that makes us say, well, there he goes again. Uh, Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. You remember the, the cartoon Foghorn Leghorn? I saw this, this cartoon sometime back. It said it had Foghorn. He's the little rooster in the, the comics. He said, boy, I said, boy, you are about to exceed the limitations of my, limit, of my medication. <laughs> Patience. Um, you all have the patience, all the patience you need in Jesus Christ. You have the, do you need love? There are people in my life that I, that I really don't love. They irritate me. They, they rub me the wrong way. I try to avoid them. I don't like them. The Bible tells us to love our neighbors as ourselves, and, and I don't love them. You have a problem like this? So you need love. You have all the love you will ever need in Christ. We can love them because we have all the love. Well, maybe you say, I need some peace in my life. My life is chaos. It's in turmoil. Things are just crazy in my life. It's painful. Everything is going wrong in my life. And, and I need peace in my life. Listen, when you're in Christ, you've got the Prince of Peace. If you've got Jesus. You've got Jesus, you've got peace if you'll tap into Him. You have these spiritual blessings in Christ. You have those things, and that's what we have. We need to realize what spiritual blessings we have in Christ. The problem is we try to go at things on our own, and we fail over and over again. We're in Christ. We are a saint, and, and we have these spiritual blessings. You have them right now. You don't have to wait for them. You don't have to work for these spiritual blessings you have them. You don't have to beg for them. If you have Christ, if you are in Christ, the Bible said you already have these spiritual blessings. The problem is not that you don't have what you need. The problem is that you don't realize what you already have in Christ Jesus. Who you are in Christ, you're a saint. 
what you have in Christ is all spiritual blessings. Third thing I'd like for us to see is whose you are in Christ. We are accepted. Let's read verses 4 through 6. It says, According as He had chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy without blame before Him in love, having predestinated us unto His the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will. Listen to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the beloved. Everything that God does in our life is to the praise and the glory of His grace, of His name. Everything we have in Him is for His benefit. God is more interested in His glory than He is in our comfort. He's more interested in His glory than He is in our will. Everything that God does in your life is leading to the praise and the glory of Him. We are accepted in the beloved. There are different elite groups in the world today and people that just do everything they can to be a part of these groups, these elite things, country clubs and there's fraternities and sororities and, and, and people will do strange things to be able to be a part and be numbered in some of these groups. And listen, don't worry about these social groups. You are accepted before God in Christ. Those things are not going to uh, uh, give you the satisfaction as being accepted in the beloved in Christ. If that clique that you want to be a part of doesn't accept you, don't let it bother you. You are accepted in the beloved of Christ. We are accepted by God. Others may accept you, maybe not. It doesn't matter because we are accepted by God. It says, notice in that verse, verse 6, He hath made us. He hath made us. Um, accepted. At a, at a time in the past, we were not accepted. In the time in the past when we were lost, we were not accepted. We were not worthy. We were not able to be accepted in His sight. Our sins separated us from having that relationship with Jesus. We couldn't come into the Father because of the sin issue in our lives. We were unacceptable. We were separated from God. But now we are in Christ and we will always be accepted by Him. You understand the change that takes place. We are always accepted in Christ in spite of our failures. Preacher, you don't know what I've done. If you're in Christ, you're accepted. In spite of the years that you've wasted, how long that I've been out of God's will, I just don't feel like I can be accepted. You're accepted. In spite of the bad decisions that I've made, we're accepted. And here's the reason why. 
You were not accepted by him because of the things you did to begin with. He didn't make you accepted because of something you did. You didn't earn it. You won't become unacceptable by him because of things you do. What a life we have in him. What a life we have in Christ. It's a wonderful thing to be accepted by your peers, be respected, but to be expected by this group or that group, but to be expect, accepted by God, now wow, that's an honor. In spite of your sins, in spite of your past, in spite of your disappointments, your poor decisions in life, your history, understand that everybody has a history. Everybody has a history. Your history may be different than someone else's. But listen, in spite of all that, when you became a Christian, when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are in Christ and you are accepted in Him. It's a wonderful thing to be accepted. Because of Jesus Christ, God has made us acceptable. God will not love you less because of anything you do. You realize that? We fail Him often. Things in our life that we shouldn't do. Things that we should know better. But we do them. We fail Him. You know that that has no impact on His love for us. I'm so thankful of that. God, God will not love you less because of anything you do. And God will not love you more because of anything you do. He loves us unconditionally. We can learn something from that. People do things that upset us. Things that we can't get out of our head. And it hinders our own relationship with God because we can't get it out of our head. God loves us in spite of what we do. We are totally accepted in Christ. I ask you the question today, are you today in sin or are you in Christ? Listen, you don't have to stay in sin. If you're here today and you're in Christ, but your life is just not what it ought to be. Understand that you're a saint. In spite of what you do. But understand that from time to time we have to clear the slate. Things have crept into our lives and become habits, bad habits that we do, sometimes unconsciously. We make mistakes, we fail Him. But understand who you are in Christ. Regardless of what group you can't seem to ever get fit in, what you think about yourself and you won't measure up to someone else, you're in Christ. You're in Him. And there's nothing that anybody can do about it. You're in Christ.